All right, everybody, we've got Bishop Kagan on the phone, so it's time for everybody's favorite seg- segment. It's time for Crushing It with Bishop Kagan. <clears throat> How you doing, Bishop? Very fine, thanks. <laughs> you like that music? We love that music. We, we picked it out just for you. Just for you. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's right up there with... De- Death metal is the bishop's favorite (laughs) type of music. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bishop, uh, let's begin. Now, we want to, we've got, uh, for all of you out there listening, first off, send out a text, get on Facebook, call somebody, tell tell them that the Sons of Thunder are on right now. We've got one heck of a show. We're going to talk to the bishop first about this unbelievable high school that we're in, but second, uh, as a theme in the background, because we want to talk a little bit about Father Gabriel and Morth uh, today, but as a theme in the background, uh, we want to talk a little bit about exorcism. And I know when Catholics hear that word, everybody's ear, ears perk up. But the demonic. To begin with, Bishop, just tell us about your excitement and, uh, and, and just the whole experience and the process of the new St. Mary's Central High School. Well, you know, it's been a uh, uh, really uh, a long time developing, a long time, uh, not just you know, getting the ideas put together, but once construction started, I think it took everyone's enthusiasm to a whole new level. I mean, you can get excited about some architects' drawings and things, but uh, with once you see the building going up, uh, it it takes the enthusiasm to a whole new level. And uh, when we we had the dedication a few weeks ago now. Uh, you could just see that, that, you know, even though everything isn't, you know, completed, uh, there was just an excitement about being uh, in, you know, uh, the new facility, uh, which by its design uh, really complements what we've been working so hard at for so many years uh, in our Catholic schools uh, to foster that uh, understanding and and really inculcate in our children and in our families that Catholic education is absolutely essential, and it it cuts across uh, every element uh, of our daily lives. And the building... Uh, complements that, and that's what uh, I'm. I'm so pleased with. I, I I just hope more and more of our Catholic parents, uh, who for whatever reason haven't considered Catholic school for their children, will look at not just St. Mary's but Bishop Bryan uh, Trinity uh, Catholic School in in Dickinson, some of our parish grade schools. Uh, around the diocese, because in each and every one, uh, they will find what I see, not just at St. Mary's, but in the schools, and uh, all of our schools. And it's just, um, this is our future uh, as a Catholic uh, church, as the community of faith uh, in western North Dakota. and, you know, more and more, uh, I think, as as the secular culture uh, continues to uh, literally disintegrate before our eyes, 
I, I think more and more parents are realizing uh, it, it, our schools are not only where their children need to be, uh, but where uh, they will uh, grow in in the faith that will carry them through uh, even beyond graduation. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you, Bishop. As you know, uh, Father Josh and I being chaplains years and years ago, along with Father Shea and uh, Father Monsignor Shea and Father Josh Eli, really were the architects of putting together uh, this formation system that exists in all three of our schools. And I can't help but think as I sit here in this beautiful institution, you know, I remember years ago in our early conversations, you know, you saying that, you know, Catholicity in our schools is the absolute most important part of everything. It takes precedence over everything. It has to take first place. And so we took that, you know, that architecture and with you supporting that in our Catholic systems, uh, watching what happened now to years of, of students that have been formed, you know, as we have at the Convocation for Administrators and Teachers every year, you know, these testimonies of these kids who have gone through and the difference that you know, putting their Catholic faith in the formation that they receive first has not only made, obviously, towards the, you know, the end of their salvation, but really has blessed them all around. Just living more virtuously has given them a life that otherwise they probably never would have had. And I can't help but yeah. think in all three of our systems, especially with St. Mary's and Trinity right now, that the manifestation of the underlying reality of grace that's happening in the systems <laughs> is the Lord's blessing with these, you know, new beautiful, beautiful buildings, which are, you know, it's able to expand our student population and allow more kids to experience, you know, the good things that are happening, you know, in our Catholic schools. And so I too felt it that day. I mean, you could just feel Christ's presence at the opening of this place. Uh, and you yeah, can't help, but, you can't help but walk through the halls and just instill, just, just feel uh, the presence of the Lord. I can say this, it's so much different than it was in, in Father Josh and I's days. It's just such a refreshing change. So if anybody's listening right now, folks, and you're thinking, you know, should I come take a look at our Catholic schools? I can vouch for the Diocese of North Dakota, or Bismarck, North Dakota, that just give them a second look. If it's been a long time, what, what was is no longer in, in the new, uh, over the past 10 years, the new, uh, 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 you know, sort of, you know, culture that exists here is so unbelievably Catholic and salvific uh, that there is no better option to educating your kids than what's going on in our Catholic schools right now. <clears throat> Bishop, uh, if we could move, because we only have you for so long, if we could move real quickly to the mm -hmm. subject of exorcism, I know we spoke a little bit uh, that you were willing to talk about it. Could you just tell our listeners, you know, let's start with how does it work in the diocese uh, as a bishop uh, in the area of demonic possession and, and exorcism, mm -hmm. what's that process? Because you, as the bishop, are the main exorcist of the diocese, but you know, rarely do bishops, you know, they, they usually delegate. Right. Could you speak to that a little bit? Well, first of all, uh, a little bit of history. Uh, it, there used to be, before uh, St. Paul VI uh, revised the minor orders uh, that men would receive uh, in their... Uh, early years of theological training prior to uh, ordination, uh, the order of exorcist was one of the five minor orders. The first minor order was tonsure, and then there was porter, lector, acolyte, and exorcist. Uh, they were minor orders, so that if uh, a man didn't end up being ordained a deacon and then a priest. Uh, those orders lapse. Uh, but uh, it, it just getting beyond that, 
uh, with the revision of uh, the minor uh, the orders uh, themselves by St. Paul the Sixth, um, the uh, power of uh, that minor order of exorcist uh, comes with ordination to not the diaconate but to the priesthood. Uh, and uh, while the priest possesses that power, the Church uh, says that he may not exercise it unless at the direction of the diocesan bishop. And so, uh, in every diocese, a bishop uh, chooses an ordained priest in good standing, uh, to be, so to speak, the diocesan exorcist. Now, the priest can be uh, a diocesan priest, or he can be an order priest, but he, he resides within the, the specific diocese. And uh, by uh, that letter of appointment, uh, I delegate, uh, because, as you say, I'm the chief exorcist in the diocese, I delegate uh, to this priest, since he possesses the power by ordination, the office uh, for him to exercise when called upon uh, the office of exorcist. And uh, it's something that the Church uh, has uh, always deemed to be necessary, but the Church has always been very careful about the carrying out or the exercise of the power of that office. Uh, and the care isn't because the Church is uncertain, does the devil exist, uh, like the general of the Jesuits doesn't know that yet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, of course, the devil exists. He's, he's very real, and uh, he's as real as every other uh, angel uh, that Almighty God created, except he's he's the he's the disobedient, the fallen angel. But they're real, and of course they exist. And in that beautiful prayer to Saint Michael, it's best uh, when we pray that it's best described what he does. He prowls about the world seeking the ruin of souls, and it's very evident in our world, not just in our present times, but. From the beginning, he was prowling in the Garden of Eden, and he's the great deceiver, the Prince of Lies, Jesus calls him. Uh, but it's, it's an office that's necessary in every diocese, and uh, the, uh, the way at least we, we have it uh, working in the Diocese of Bismarck, uh, someone contacts uh, the Chancery Office and uh, makes a request, a brief description of what may be happening in a person's, you know, life, and we immediately uh, contact the priest who is designated, appointed to be the diocesan exorcist, and then he takes it from there. He uh, speaks to whomever he thinks necessary to speak to, and he makes a report to me, uh, and then uh, he and I decide uh, how should we proceed. But he he is the is so to speak the the main person who who takes that 
request or, or that uh, notification quite seriously and uh, sees it through beginning to end. But, Bishop, and, uh, do they, do, is there any specific qualifications that you kind of look for? Training? Or, do, or is it just, I mean, obviously well, it's Christ doing yes, the work, there, but... Yes, there's training that's provided, and uh, uh, looking at the priest, I mean, the priest should have some uh, experience of, uh, the Church doesn't say, you know, it has to be a specific number of years of priestly experience, but... Uh, Usually, a bishop looks at a priest who has had some years uh, of parish or pastoral experience, uh, you know, in a couple of different assignments, uh, maybe even, you know, uh, doing both parish and diocesan work. But uh, beyond that, just uh, objective experience, uh, what I look for is a priest who, uh, at least uh, by my observations, I, I can't get into his spiritual life. Uh, I'm his superior. Uh, but I, I, I look for someone who, you know, um, exhibits that, that devotion uh, to the Mass, uh, diligence with uh, offering and hearing confessions, uh, you, you know the that priestly zeal. We all have the zeal, uh, but everybody can't be an exorcist. So you know it's a prudential judgment that I or any bishop makes with regard to whom he chooses at any given time. Yeah, I couldn't agree. I, yeah, and I think one of the things you got to remember too is I don't know if anybody really would want to be an exorcist. <laughs> you know, I think no, it's an appointment it, that that we obediently accept and and trust that Christ yeah. will be on our side. So, Bishop, thanks for coming oh, yeah. on. We really appreciate having you on. As always.